the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Do you know someone that has gone through a similar decision that you're about to make? Was it a thoughtful process that they went through? If so, you might want to make some time to sit down with them and to see if they could really, really help you. All right. Now, in a little bit here, we talked a lot about going to others and having them pray for you, going to others for advice and getting counsel and guidance. And I'd like to say often what you're going to get back, watch this now, is what I call a cacophony of sound. You're going to hear a lot of verbiage coming back. Do this, do that, do this, do this. And if you go to three people, you might get three different answers. And you really don't know what to do. These are all godly people. They're really trying to find biblical principles. They're really loving you and wanting to help you move forward with your life. But what in the world do you do? Number three is your answer. Reserve time to be silent and listen to the Lord in his word. Reserve the time to be silent and listen to the Lord in his word. While I'll often affectionately say that if you were real quiet and you held your Bible right here, because it's a living book, it's the written Christ, and you put it up to your ear, you might be able to hear the heartbeat of Christ. I say that lovingly because I wanted you to know the Bible is a living book, but in reality it's this. Like the verse that was read to us earlier, he doesn't always speak to us in the bells and the whistles and the dreams that we have at night, the visions, the screams, and all those kinds of things that we might uh, perhaps think. He often will speak to us, watch this now, a still, small voice, and I will refer to that voice as the voice of the Holy Spirit, the breath of the Holy Spirit, the rhema of God, that will always be in agreement with the Word of God. So now, some of you might be listening to me and saying, you know, I never hear God. He He never speaks to me. Why is that? Well, we don't have time to go through a long list, but I'd just like to give you a couple of things to consider. Number one, I think it's because we're not silent before the Lord. We talk too much. We are always looking at our phone. We're checking our emails. We're checking our messages. We're looking at the video. We got all of the technology that's around us. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying it may not be wise during the timing that you have to make a major decision. It will slow you down. It will give you information. It might even cloud your thoughts. Watch this now. Listen, that you might see things that will cause your mind to be away from Christ or even away towards something that's sinful. And now you've got junk. I just call it junk, this stuff that's going on inside of you, whistling sound. And and, and those of you that have tendonitis, you hear that ringing all the time. And so all this ringing's going on and you can't hear it because all that's happening. So for a time, it might be good for you to have less face time and more face time with God and be alone with him. Second thing, and we talked a little bit about the word here, 
But I need to remind you again that it is taking saturated time in the Word. I was talking to a, a, a leader, a, a strong leader, a godly leader, and he was sharing with me that he had a come-to-Jesus time in his life. Something major happened that put him into a timeout. And during that timeout period of time, he had nothing he could really do. And so he requested a Bible, and for months, all he did was read the Word. When he came away from that, he was a changed individual. And God then literally skyrocketed his career and his life to where he is today. Miracles have happened, life-type miracles. And I'd like you to know that's because he quieted down and listened to that still, small voice of God in Scripture. Look at the notes here. God's will, or that decision that you want to have in God's will, is found in God's Word. God's will is found in God's Word. So stop looking for a vision and instead start looking for a verse. Stop looking for a vision, but maybe spend more time looking for a verse. Now, if you look at the next verse, it says, I pondered the direction of my life and I turned to follow your instruction. Circle the word, I pondered the direction of my life. Now, what's the trajectory of your life right now? Now, some of you are so retired, but and you think, well, I don't have any career advancement. I'm retired. I don't, I, you know, I, I don't have the energy to launch a new team or committee or little project in the community. I, I get that. I, I really do. But there's not very many retired people that would that I have met that said, I just sit around all day doing nothing. These are retired people that God keeps bringing other things and other people into their life. And maybe you're wondering, what should I do in my retirement? Or what should I do when I go to classes? What should I do when I graduate from school? What should I do when I move into a new community? What should I do? I would encourage you to ponder the direction of your life. So what I'd do is I'd encourage you to look back. Remember that you were in the mind of God before you were born, and here you are today. God was leading you and guiding you. Things are coming into your life, out of your life, etc. All the time, He was divinely designing you for where you are today. Watch this now. And you are today being divinely designed for what He knows that we don't know because it's a Polaroid vision of what He has for you in the future. So slow down, look back, and see how God has driven you and led you and built you to where you are today. You don't go in a holding pattern at a certain age. You continue to grow and stretch. The other thing you might do, and take a few moments, is while you look to the past, look to the present right now. And here's what I'd encourage you to do if you're going to look into the present of your life. Look to to yourself and find out what might be your spiritual gift. That's a motivational thing. I'll talk about that in a moment, but it does fit here. The other thing you might look at is what is your passion about? What lights you up? What makes you sing? What makes you cry? You know, what do you really love doing? What do you have an ability to do? You're old enough now, you've learned a bunch of stuff, so what do you know how to do that you know how to do? Whether you went to school for it or whether you're in technology or whether you went to some other school, what, what do you know how to do? You can't say, I can't, I can't do everything, but I can do some things. I can't do some things, but I can do some things. Whatever you do that you can do, that's your ability. What's your personality? Are you outgoing? Are you passive? Do you like tasks or do you like people or a combination of all of that? Look at yourself. You're divinely designed by God to get ready for this major decision you've got to make. And then you might look at experiences. What experience have you had? Now, you might say, well, I know how to do that, so I'm experienced at it. That's not what I mean by experience. 
What I believe an experience for you and me would be this. What did God put into your life that you didn't ask for, that you made it through that, and you learned some things? All right, some simple ones would be, you grew up in a home with a single parent. You got fired unjustly from a job. That could happen in the corporate world and the Christian world too with pastors and others. Could it have been that, by the way, I... I'm still carrying something in my heart. Maybe this in my heart, my, my pastor heart. Did you read just this week, maybe just yesterday, just at the Christmas time, this wonderful family that's in a wonderful community in Pennsylvania that gave themselves to that community to help them. Fire breaks out in the house. Mama and one child gets out. Husband and two sons burn alive with their two dogs. You know what I think? That's a great tragedy. The only way we can make um, some lemonade out of that is this lady, and I don't understand all the reasons why, but she and her son have gone through an experience. And I hope you never go through that horrific experience, but you have an experience. Now, why am I telling you that? All of that is preparing you for making this major decision. Look, if you will, at the next verse. It said, I applied my heart to observe and learn a lesson. From what I saw, I learned to observe a lesson from what I saw. So I simply ask you, are you observant? Are you trying to look at your life through the eyes of God and his word to say, what is God doing now for heaven's sake, for the future? To know God's will is to know God's word. So if I want to know God's will, I need to know God's word. And a lot of people like to say amen with that. But I would like to say the last part is even more important. And to do God's will is to do God's word. What good is knowing his will, but then not doing it? So if you really want to do his will, you got to do his word and how important that really is. So look at those things in your life. You see fruit a lot. Things are happening, good results. It could be that that's part of that decision that you're going to make. Could you feel fulfillment? I really feel fulfilled when I do this. It really lights me up. It's my sweet spot. That could be a part of your decision. So get alone with the Lord. Observe the Lord. Observe his word. Listen to him. Look at what he's done in your life. Number four, recognize what you do best. We talked about that, so I'll just spend a moment on it. Recognize what you do best. This verse is cool. It's First Peter chapter 4, verse 10. And this one talks about the spiritual gift that you have, which is really a motivational gift to equip you to help equip others so that the body of Christ is built and added to for the glory of God. Here it says, as each one has received a special gift. If you trusted Christ as Savior, each one of you received that gift. When you trust Christ, you receive eternal life, you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive a gift. And then it says, employ it in serving one another. When I see the word employ there, I usually like to say, when I'm employed, they put me to work. All of you that had a job, once they hire you, they do what? They put you to work. If you agree with that, say, "Uh uh-huh. Okay? When you trusted Christ, you were given a gift. Now it says, put that gift to work in your life by adding value to other people. Now, I would encourage all of you to discover your spiritual gift because that's going to be part of a way for you to know, how does this major decision and my spiritual gift fit together as I move forward for his glory. Number five, realize it takes time to make a wise decision. Realize that it takes time to make a wise decision. So it's not going to happen quickly. It's going to take a period of time. 
It is a mistake to make an impulsive vow without thinking. You will regret it later. I put in my notes, and I think this is really cute. God is never in a hurry. Is he? Is God ever? No, he's never in a hurry. A good decision is always better than a fast one. A good decision is always better than a fast one. All right, now let me get a little more pointed with some of us, and I mean this with all the love that I have for you. I want to appeal to this as you move forward that we also, if we think we failed and made bad decisions in the past, that we would now now fail forward and fail back. Listen carefully. It is always easy to get quickly into debt, is it not? What, what do we have in our pocket that makes it so easy now to go into debt? Just shout it out. Credit card, okay? Absolutely. Now you don't have to have a credit card. You just got your phone. Beep, 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 beep. And then have someone else open the bills, all right? So the point of the matter is it happens very How many of you know people who quickly got into an intimate relationship with someone they couldn't get out of rearing that kid without something that could be more drastic and horrific? You can enter into buying a car. And you can't get out of it. Here's one for you. You can be quick to hire someone, but it's hard to fire someone. So whether it's entering into a relationship, buying a car, buying a house, going into debt, hiring people on your staff, whatever, it's easy to go quickly in it, but very hard to get out of it. So a good decision is always better than a fast one. A good decision is always better than a fast one. Look, if you will, at Galatians 5.25. There's a, a subtle message in this that I think will help us. Since we live by the Spirit, those of you who are Christians, let us keep in step with the Spirit. All right, if I live by the Spirit, I need to keep in step with the Spirit. If you look up here for just a moment, I'll try to explain what I mean. When it talks about living in step with the Spirit, Spirit, Christ, Godhead, all of that, I want to be in step with the Spirit of God. There's a verse in Matthew that talks about that the the Lord's yoke is easy. His burden is light, okay? And so we want to be yoked with the Lord. Now, we live in the city, so we don't know a lot about yokes. But if you watch cowboy movies, you're going to see those cowboys, and they're taking their little uh, uh, wagons, and they have a yoke in front of them. And generally, that yoke will have an oxen over here and an oxen over there. Have you ever wondered why they didn't do an oxen over here and a thoroughbred racehorse over there? You can imagine the, the, the tension that would go on because it was unequally yoked. That happens with an unbeliever. So make sure your decisions aren't connected with you getting, quote, into a legal situation with an unbeliever. But it also is this, is that when you want to get in step with the Spirit, that means you want to move at the speed of the Spirit as He moves and opens doors and closes doors. You don't want to move too quickly, faster than the Spirit, and you definitely don't want the Spirit to be dragging you along because that's going to scuff you up a little bit. So we want to be in step with the Spirit. So now you're asking me, well, Stan, what's the practical way to be in step with the Spirit so I'm moving at His tempo, that I'm making wise decisions? How do I do that? Here it is. By yielding my calendar to the Lord. By yielding my calendar to the Lord. Now, to do that, and I'm only speaking to a small group right now, not you all, but some of you in this group, And let's see if it's going to be you. In order for us to yield our calendar to the Lord, we already have to be people of great faith, knowing that he's a good God. He's a gracious God. 
He's worthy of my faith. And so if I have faith in him, I'm willing to pull the calendar out. It's found in my device and say, Lord, this is your calendar. You do it when you want it to be done. Notice what it says here. As for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. You're my CEO. You're my boss. You're the leader. You're opening and closing doors. I mean, you hold the keys to my future when I have to make this major decision. Then he goes on to say, and I love the psalmist. He says, my times are in your hand. So what you want, I'm going to have you rewrite that. I would like you to say, my calendar is in your hand. Can you say that? My planner is in your hand because I want to walk in step with you because I want to be on your page and your timing when I make this major decision. And it's all right there for you. Well, we've given you a lot of good stuff. So let's end with number six. While it may seem so simple, I think if we miss this sixth step, the rest of it might be like a card castle and fall down. So number six is rely on the Lord for his schedule. Rely on the Lord in humility for his schedule. That's different than the calendar, but it's still, it's, it's his schedule. So I've got a couple of areas that you might regard in making your decision. So look up here before I give you these. You may be leaving here thinking that we got to keep dilly-dally, 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 and all of a sudden you'll know that decision. In some cases that might happen. There are cases that we have to make a decision that is almost a split decision. And full circling back to the beginning of my sermon, here's what happened. I went to Carol and I said, darling, here's what's happened. We got to go to Hawaii or we stay here and teach at Florida Bible College. And my wife says, "Um, well, what do you want to do? And I said, no, no, what do you want to do? Because we already moved out. We're living back in our family's house. Now, what do you want to do? And and she's, no, 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 what do you want to do? And I said, well, let's pray. So we prayed and we got real quiet, real quiet. Nope, we didn't hear God's voice. So then I said, what do you want to do? And then I, and she's, no, no, whatever you want to do, I'll do. And I said, no, no, I need to know because I I love you and I want to drag you all around the world and change your life and all this. What do you want to do? And here's her testimony. If we had time, we've already gone long. She'd be up here to share this with you. She said to me, I think we ought to stay at Florida Bible College. And I said, yes. (laughs) Okay. So we stayed at Florida Bible College. There's tons of stuff I've learned during those years I was there. Mistakes, yes, but also tons of blessings. Now, I want to go back and bring you to today. If you asked her, is that really what happened? Here's what she'd say. She said, I was so tired of Stan saying, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I just said, just stay at FBC. So was there a deep voice? There really wasn't. And so I don't want you to get this message and be so afraid you made a decision. Your whole trajectory of life is just going to pot. It will if you're doing it in violation of Scripture. Bitterness, greed, morality, immorality, letting that lead you, sure. But other times, you just have to say, this is the best I've got with everything that i got. I prayed about it. And I want you to know, God is so gracious. He says, I'm going to use you wherever you are. Here's a phrase. It's not biblical. Well, it's not in the Bible, but I think it's biblical. Here it is. Bloom where you're planted. Wherever you go, just live it out for the Lord. 
But now what decisions do you need to make quickly? And for most of you, I think you know this, but for those of you that are watching, because this is all over the internet, it's going to go on to the Make It Clear um, media and all of that. So listen carefully. If there was a decision you do not want to put off, it's your own personal salvation. I don't know when my heart is going to beat its last beat. Do you know when yours is? I don't. You don't. But once that heart stops, it's like you fell off a cliff. You can't unfall off the cliff. So at that moment, the decision's too late. So the first thing you need to do to make the quickest decision of the most important decision in your life isn't going to be who you marry, isn't going to be the choice of career, isn't going to be where you're going to live, it's going to be where you're going to go when you die. And that's why it's critical that you come to the Lord as a sinner and simply say, Lord, I don't need to make the decision. Am I or am I not a sinner? I already know I am. I don't have to come to the, are you God or not God? You are God, Jesus. I have to come to the decision. Uh, Jesus was born, then he had a life, and then he died and he rose again, and then he's coming back. So I know he's real. And I don't have to make the decision. I can't get there by my good works. I already know that. I've blown it. So now the decision is simply to say, you're the Lord who died and rose again. I'm a sinner. I'm coming to you just as I am right now because I don't know when that heart's going to stop. And by the way, folks, God brought you here to hear this message at this time because he knows something that I don't know about you and your future, and neither do you. So I urge you to trust Christ as your Savior right now. So rely on the Lord and his schedule right now is your day of salvation. And last, regarding your decision, we can make our plans, but the final outcome is still in God's hands. And um, yes, he can take the ashes of our life and make them beautiful again because he gives us these do-overs. So my encouragement to you would be humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Let him exalt you. Put you in the right decision at the right time for the proper time in his glory. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes, take just a moment. Is God finished putting before me the necessity of making a major change in my life? No. I'm sure in our life we're, we're, we're old, but not that old. What's going to happen is we're going to have to make another major change. More than likely. But this is the formula that I'm going to use. Not because I wrote it, but because the Lord wrote it in his word. It's infallible. It works. I can only assume, I think accurately, that you are going to have to make a major decision in your life and you need to know when to do that. Slow your life down, follow this process, and graciously, humbly, leaning on the Lord, pull the trigger and watch what he does. Oh, God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. So, recruit some godly friends and family to pray for you and with you. Reach out to discerning family and friends for advice and counsel. Get your board of advisors together. And listen to them. Just hear them. Reserve time, enough time, plenty of time to be alone with the Lord and quietly listen to him because it's going to be in the still small voice of the word of God that will help you. So step aside from the cacophony of life so all you can hear is him. Look at your life. Look at what God has been doing in it. 
He didn't just step into your life today. He was in your life before you were in your mother's womb. In fact, you're on his drawing board. So that means he's still with you. So seek what he's doing in your life and then do it no matter the cost. Recognize what you do best. You're not junk. You've got purpose. Remember, it's going to take some time to do this. Don't rush into this. You'll know when you do, because afterwards you will have decision remorse. And that's an ugly feeling. So take time. Give him your calendar. And finally, just rely on a good God that will take you through this in his time. I wish I had more that I could time to share this with you, but I think there's enough on this plate. We've had a lot to eat for the holidays. Now we've had a lot to eat this Sunday. Let's now digest it in prayer, meditation. And let's come out stronger Christians as we face another year. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for this. I thank you for this message. I thank you for the depth of your word. I thank you for those who have followed these biblical principles and are experiencing uh, the decision that they would make would be as close or in the center of your perfect will. That'd be the case. I pray for anyone in here today that has not accepted you as their own savior, that they would realize that you died and rose again and they would place their faith alone in you, not by works, but by faith. And if they have now, they have a governor in their life, the Holy Spirit, to guide them through the word and to help them. Now, Father, we just love you in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.